1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. With COVID-19 regulations largely being lifted across the nation, people's lives seem to be returning to normal. But what about businesses? Has COVID permanently changed the way they operate? What we're all dealing with is employee expectations have changed. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. On Tuesday, the Michigan House passed a bill that would make the pandemic-era cocktails-to-go law permanent, as it was set to expire in 2026. That made the other Daily J host, Zach Clark, and I begin talking. Have businesses in Michigan and across the nation been permanently changed by COVID-19? So I began to ask around. The first person I spoke with was Michael Forsyth, and he is the co-owner of Detroit City Distillery.
2: You know, as difficult as COVID was, there were certain things that happened that just ended up making a ton of sense. And I think a lot of us in the small business world were like, why haven't we been doing this all the time? And cocktails to go is one of those things. You can get food to go. Why can't you get cocktails to go? For a lot of our friends in the industry who ran bars and restaurants, it was a huge benefit. And I would say it really kind of shed light on, I think, something that's really important for the sustainability of the hospitality industry, and that is diversifying your offerings. You know, the kind of continual adaptation and innovation that kind of came out of necessity from covid You know, Cocktails to Go were one of those things, and it's been a huge hit among our customer base, and it's something they expect all the time now and something that we're happy to give them. And, you know, if they can't hang out at Detroit City Distillery, they can have Detroit City Distillery at home. Along with the Cocktails to Go law,
1: Michael feels that the pandemic added to the importance of online sales and grew people's enjoyment for outdoor dining.
2: You know, the e-commerce business um, you know, people were able to buy online and come and pick it up at their convenience. We were able to do curbside pickup to make it ultra safe. That was one thing that really worked. One other thing, especially in the hospitality industry, that's been a huge thing is outdoor dining. And when it is summertime, people want to be outside. They don't want to be in a bar without any windows. Thanks to some real innovation and forward thinking between the state of Michigan and uh, the city of Detroit you know, we were able to shut down our entire block. Uh, We have, we're on a little side street in Eastern Market on Raya Street. And we created a giant patio on the street in this beautiful urban environment. And we went from being able to see 60 people inside to being able to serve hundreds in a socially distanced environment outside. And everybody wanted to be outside because it was way safer and people still want to be outside today. And so, you know, I think there's a real push at the local level to figure out how to keep outdoor dining to be a thing.
1: But not all businesses are involved in food and drinks. Has the auto industry seen a permanent change in consumer need too? WWJ's Auto Beat reporter Jeff Gilbert doesn't think so.
3: First, let's look at the online sales of vehicles. We, of course, that was the only way to buy a vehicle in in May of 2020. So every dealer in the world was pushing online sales. If not, they weren't going to sell anything. Well, there there still is a customer who is used to Amazon, used to things like that, and, and they do want to do a lot of the deal online. But your average customer still wants to come in and see something that's expensive. Your average customer doesn't really know about every vehicle. So you go into a dealership and you can see multiple vehicles, at least now that the inventories are better. So it's like water. It's going to find its level. There are people who like to do more things online, so this is now available for them. But when it comes to vehicle purchases, it's still the majority prefers to maybe do research online, maybe do some of their paperwork online, but still go to the dealership to kick the tires and drive the vehicle.
1: The pandemic forced many businesses to think on their feet to stay afloat. Some of these adaptations were very clever, but just weren't sustainable long term. Back to
2: Michael. So very early in the pandemic, we stopped making alcohol and we started making hand sanitizer, which was a huge need. We cranked out 25,000 gallons. And at the time, I thought, this is just going to be a thing now, but... Then the market caught up. Then the world was flooded with hand sanitizer for as cheap as humanly possible. And it didn't make sense anymore. But at the time, I was like, this could just be a business. But that didn't happen.
1: Detroit City Distillery changing its product in an attempt to drive revenue is fascinating. What was more fascinating, though, was that the auto industry, a completely different type of business, also tried something similar. Here's Jeff again. GM, turned its
3: former Warren transmission plant, which has now been sold to something else, into a place where they made face masks. And I will tell you, they gave me a pack of those. Those were some of the best face masks I used during the pandemic. But GM quickly found out as the regular supply chain geared up, it was far cheaper for them to buy face masks from a supplier than to have, you know, people at UAW hourly wage making these things. So, all of that personal protection equipment, all of that, that that rush to do all of that, that lasted for a good chunk of 2020, but as soon as the regular personal protective equipment supply chain geared up, the auto industry stepped back because they could buy it a lot cheaper than they could make it.
1: While most changes businesses saw were temporary, Michael does hope that Cocktails to Go becoming permanent in Michigan will help push forward more change that can help the hospitality business grow.
2: In addition to like diversifying your offerings, right? I think the big thing has been Creating additional ways to get it to people that is easier and faster and more convenient to like the new lifestyles that came out of COVID. So, you know, for the first time, we started selling booze online. You know, we created a whole e commerce business. And of course, people still had to come and pick it up because one thing that still doesn't make sense about Michigan law is that we can't ship spirits. And if anybody out there is listening, big revenue-generating opportunity for the state of Michigan to allow craft distillers to ship their spirits all over the world instead of telling the thousands of people who want it, no.
1: So far, we've only looked at the relationship between consumer and business. But what about that relationship between the employer and employee? Has that been permanently changed at all? Remote work became widely popular out of necessity. But is it here to stay now that people can return to the office? It remains to be seen whether
0: this is truly a permanent change. But I think what we we're all dealing with is uh, employee expectations uh, around work-life balance have changed. And what I mean by that is that employees are looking at their jobs at least uh, for the last couple of years, as well as a great deal of time going forward as to whether that suits them. Employees are wanting to work at home or work remotely more often. they are asking employers for this the ability to do so and and the employers are asking themselves and having having to ask themselves gee i can i am I really getting the most productivity out of employees?" when they are not in front of me and i think what we've seen over the last couple years is a lot of productivity can be uh, achieved uh by employees
1: working remotely that was the voice of michael burns and he is the executive vice president of the american society of employers while he expresses many employees enjoy working remote Jeff says that the auto industry finds that remote work has its drawbacks.
3: It has worked well for the auto industry in terms of attracting more talent. Because, say, for example, if you were working on Silicon Valley and you didn't want to leave, but you were really into vehicles and, and you wanted to work for a car company, well, now you don't have to move. You can still work from there. So that there is that. Uh, but, but the car companies kind of found a brain drain of sort. That As everybody was remote, there was no getting everybody together in one place and bouncing ideas off of each other. There was no camaraderie. Workers didn't really know each other that well. So the idea was bring them in at least part-time so they get used to coming to an office. So older workers mix with younger workers. So the car companies found that that was valuable as well.
1: That desire by the auto industry to get workers back into the office isn't reserved just to the auto industry either. Back to Vice President Burns one last time.
0: Well, I'm looking at a report on telework and that's just the old term for remote work. And their survey findings showed that 66% of employers are currently requiring employees to return to work at the office. So a lot of employers are pushing for more time in the office now than they have over the last uh, couple years. Ninety percent of the companies will require employees to return the office this year. In other words, a lot more employers are saying, hey, we just can't have this remote work uh, going on there. 21% of companies will fire workers who do not return to the office. And then on the carrot side of things, 88% of companies are offering incentives to get employees to return. Uh, And this involves such things as catered meals, commuter benefits, higher pay, and so forth. The survey was done by ResumeBuilder.com. It reflected 1,000
1: business leaders uh, who were asked these questions. While the COVID era has led to a few permanent changes for some industries, a lot of the way businesses operate is slowly reverting back to pre-pandemic methods. And while whether or not that's a good or a bad thing depends on who you ask, adapting on the fly is how businesses not just survive, but thrive. Thanks to Michael Forsyth, Jeff Gilbert, and Michael Burns for lending their expertise to this episode. And as always, this episode wouldn't be possible without WWJ's digital team. Check out WWJnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Make sure you don't miss out on new episodes of The Daily J by subscribing using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening.